Thanks for joining us today for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church in Imperial Valley. The church office is open Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at 590 West Orange Avenue in El Centro, or call 760-337-9400 for information or for prayer. Christ Community Church has three campuses in El Centro, Brawley, and Calexico, plus a congregation in Spanish. As we navigate the end of the COVID-19 quarantine season and transition to in-person regathering, we encourage you to find up-to-date information about events and each campus's worship service schedule. When you follow us on social media, on our website at www.cccib.org, or simply download the CCCIV app, you'll find the direct link to the app at www.cccib.org forward slash get the app or when you text cccib app to 77977 so there's two views right so the concerning the lukewarm when when he's speaking of hot he's speaking of those people that know the lord who have fervency for the lord who are zealous for the lord who who would um be, you know, hungry for church, hungry for Bible, hungry for prayer, hungry for the things of God. Those are hot. The cold are the people that would say, you know, we don't care about Christ. We don't, you know, we reject what you say. We don't even believe in him. Well, who's the lukewarm? Well, the lukewarm are those who would say that we, we love Jesus, but they don't live for him. Now, there's two views concerning this. One view is that these people aren't even saved, that they only profess Christ, and they're more like the guys in Matthew chapter 7 where it says, on that day many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then will I declare to them, I never knew you depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. These weren't people that were saved and could lose their salvation. You can't. Jesus said, I never knew you, not I once knew you, and now I don't know you. He never knew you, even though they were casting out demons in his name. That's one view that they're never saved. The, the next view is that they are saved because he's speaking to a church, as you see in verse 14, a church literally by definition is called out once for him. Uh, if you read down, he says, those whom I love in verse 19 I reprove and discipline, so be zealous and repent. So I would probably fall in that category believing that these are believers, but they're, they're carnal Christians like in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians was all written um, with the theme, correction for a carnal church. So there is the possibility of, you know, hey, I, I know Jesus, but you don't do anything. And so what Jesus is saying here, these people become useless to the Lord. He spits them out of their mouth trying to drive home his point. Do you remember in Matthew chapter 5 when he was preaching the Sermon on the Mount? What did he say the believers were? He said this, I think it's on the screen. Verse 13, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. In other words, if salt loses its saltiness, it isn't good. We're right. Christians are seasoners. We season the world. Christians are preservers. They use salt in that day to preserve meat and stuff. So, so if it loses its saltiness, it's no good, he says. Be like, you know, uh, eating frog legs. How many have ever eaten frog legs? 
right? They say it tastes like chicken, huh? They, you, you ever go frogging and it tastes like chicken? But, but so you put salt on it. And what if there was no saltiness to the salt? You just keep salting it and still tastes the same. It's no good. It's useless. And that's what Jesus is saying here, that the church in Laodicea, because of their spiritual condition, are absolutely useless to him. So that was his response. I will spit you out of my mouth. You've got a rebuke, he says. And then a response, I will spit you out of my mouth. And he doesn't stop there. This is what I want you to see this morning. That Jesus gives the characteristics of this church. One, they are self-satisfied. Look at verse 17. For you say I am rich. I have prospered and I need nothing, not realizing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. So I want to focus on that verse to show their condition to you. One, they're self-satisfied. They say, Jesus says, for you say. Now, there's another hint there. Jesus doesn't say they're rich. They say they're rich. He says, you say, I am rich and have prospered. Their satisfaction comes from the material things of the world, not the bread of life. They're a self-satisfied people, and when I say that, I say that in a bad way because we should never be self-satisfied. We should be God-satisfied, amen? And that was a problem. And I mean, Laodicea in Roman times had so much money, and one of the most striking indicators of the money they had was in 60 AD, an earthquake hits, kind of like our, you know, in Haiti, 7.2 in Haiti, everything goes to the ground. That's what happened in Laodicea. They were in a region, and a major earthquake hits, and they rebuilt that city without any Roman funds whatsoever. They did it with the wealth of their own city. Normally when a city was devastated, they'd have to go to Rome and get funds, uh, you know, kind of like our SBA or our disaster relief uh, funds that we get when a hurricane comes through. Laodicea says, we don't need you. (laughs) We've got enough money here, and they built up the city themselves. That was the wealth. And this is the danger of prosperity, friends. God is not against riches, He's against the love of those riches. So they say, I am rich, you know, or you say, Jesus says, and Jesus knows their own spiritual condition. It would be like, suppose you planted a church in Beverly Hills. This is the wealth of Laodicea. You plant a church in Beverly Hills. Who's going to come there? You know, you're, you're right in the center of Beverly Hills, and all you're going to have is Beverly Hills people coming to that church, well, what are they going to bring with them? They're going to have wealth. The rulers of the, the church are going to be wealthy and all of that stuff. And they're going to have this wealth because that's what the church is built of, of those in the community. That's what's neat about Christ Community Church. We got people right off the street and we got people who've been successful in this world and everything in between. But, but if you built a church in Beverly Hills, this is what you're going to have. You would have the wealth. I'm not saying it would be Laodicea. Hopefully there would be an on-fire church there. I don't know. But they're not only self-satisfied, they're self-sufficient. Okay, look what he said. Look what what Jesus said. He goes, for you say, I am rich. I have prospered. And what? I need nothing. I need nothing. 
the Roman historian Tacitus, who lived at this time, uh, he wrote these words in, of Laodicea. He said, Laodicea rose from the ruins, speaking of the earthquake, by the strength of her own resources and with no help from us. I mean, that's a Roman historian writing of Laodicea. They, it was like, man, that is unusual. Those, those guys, they got bucks. You know, they, they've, they've got bling going on in their church and everything else. And so he's saying, man, they have it all. That, this is their attitude. This is what Jesus is saying. You say that you're rich and you are in need of nothing. That's what prosperity can do to a person. It cre- can create a heart that's independent of God. I don't need you. Why do I need God? Remember, what did Jesus say? He said, when you pray... Pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. But man, why would you need daily bread if you own the bakery? And that's what they did. See, the, 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 the more self-sufficient you are, you don't even pray. You know, you, you, when people don't pray, they say, man, I... I got life on my own. God, you tag along. You ride along with me in my Mercedes or Rolls Royce. You you come along with me, but I ain't letting you drive. It's hard to know that you need something when the government's always taking care of you. How do you know you need your daily bread when the government's there to bail everybody out all the time? But see, in those days, they didn't have that. That's why he said, pray, man, pray for your daily bread. And believe you, me, that they prayed for their daily bread because they were in areas that were very different than the United States. Here's the other thing. They were self-deceived. They not only were were self-made people and self-satisfied people, but they were also self-deceived. And this is what hits them between the eyes and I need nothing this is what they said I need nothing and Jesus says not realizing that you are wretched pitiable poor blind and naked in other words your your two thousand dollar suits have covered up your nakedness you know your your twenty thousand dollar glasses that are diamond studded have 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 made you not realize how blind you are This is their spiritual condition. Blind, naked. I don't know about you, but I would rather have Jesus with nothing than to have everything without Jesus. It's sad, but way too many people see and wait till the end of their life when they're on their deathbed and they realize that, man, did I miss the boat. I'm not taking none of this stuff with me. And, and, and see, that's the problem. This can be the curse. Uh, Jesus, or, or God, dealt with it in the Old Testament when his people were going into the land of Canaan. He said, when you get rich, when you, in chapter 8, go read chapter 8, Deuteronomy today, as a homework assignment. You're going to see God warning them before they go into the land. When you get vineyards that you didn't plant, when you, you live in houses that you didn't build, and that's the problem with the generation today. Our grandfathers built the houses. Our grandfathers planted the vineyards. And, and, and now we inherit it all. And, and, and now all of a sudden, because of that, 
That's why the protests, you got people out there protesting and they want socialism. That's what they want. You know why? Because they never raised a family and they never paid taxes. And don't include Hollywood in the game because they're on a different planet. They're the ones that are going to tell you what to do. All these multi-million dollar people are going to tell you what to do and what this country was all about. Well, I've done my history on this country, and I found a lot of God-loving, Jesus-loving, Bible-believing people that built this country from the ground up. And now you got people that want to throw it all out the window. Why? Because they never... They never had to pay taxes. They never had to raise a family. They inherited a bunch of stuff. You got got guys out there with $400 sneakers that are telling you what to do. And it isn't right. But this is the problem of prosperity. Prosperity has a deafening effect. In fact, in Jeremiah chapter 22, here's what God, God's getting ready to judge the people in Jeremiah. But in verse 21, he says, I spoke to you, this is God speaking to people, I spoke to you in your prosperity, but you said, I will not listen. This has been your way from your youth that you have not obeyed my voice. Man, people, listen to me. We're supposed to fall in love with the blesser, not the blessings. We're supposed to love the giver, not the gifts. But this is in the church today. Think about it. And I I don't look at your giving reports. I don't do that. But tell me. How much do you give towards the Lord's kingdom and how much do you give towards your houses and your cars? I mean, there's required. I love Jesus, but man, Jesus, you know what? You're not touching my wallet. When we baptize people today, their wallet goes under with them. (laughs) Because Jesus bought all of us, right? Amen. He bought all of us. So I'm just saying that prosperity in this country right now has blinded so many Christians to what's real and what ain't real. You, the, the church is under so much deception right now, it ain't even funny, you guys. It is not even funny when I read some of the stuff that I've read and I'm like, man, what Bible are they reading? And what Savior are they serving? It can't be the same. It's got to be the imitation. It's got to be the thing in, in, in 1 Kings 12. It looks real and it kind of feels real and it tastes real and it sounds real, but it, but it isn't. Look at the promises. Now, I want to close with this, the promises of Jesus, because if that's you out there today, look what he says. He says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. Listen to me. God is always knocking on our hearts, always knocking on our hearts. And, and he does not end with bad news here. He ends with a promise for all of those who would open up the door and be with him. In other words, promise number one, Jesus is the one who gives genuine Riches, look at verse 18 again. He goes, I counsel you to buy gold from me, gold refined by fire. And so in the midst of this rich city, your gold is fool's gold because you don't have the real gold. 
Jesus said, uh, or, or the apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians 8, verse 9, he said, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you by his poverty might become rich. That's the gospel. That's what brings us satisfaction. That's the true gold in this world. But not only does he give true riches to you and me, but he also will give you his righteousness. Look at the end of verse 18. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may be rich and white garments so that you may clothe yourself and the shame of your nakedness may not be seen. The shame and nakedness should trigger something in your mind because back in Genesis 2, before sin entered in, God created man and woman, it says in chapter 2, and they were naked and they were unashamed. But then all of a sudden when sin entered in, they had to find clothing for themselves because all of a sudden sin now has entered in and along with that has been the shame. And Jesus says, no, no, get my garment. Get, get, get my righteousness so you don't have to live in shame anymore. Now, this had application in that culture, too, because they had rich grazing ground, and they, they had bred this soft, this sheep with the soft, glossy black to it, and they made these wonderful garments that they were known for. And one of those garments was a tunic called the trimeta. The trimeta was this beautiful garment. In fact, they were so known for it that the Council of Chalcedon in 451 AD uh, said Laodicea was called trimeteria. In other words, they called them based on this garment that they were so known for. This was a black garment. And white garments in the Bible is always symbolic of righteousness. And, and even at the end, you see where the saints are clothed in the righteousness of God. So, so listen to me. None of the gold, none of the riches, nothing out there, no prosperity can amount to what Jesus does when he gives us his righteousness. The third thing, Jesus will give you spiritual sight. He goes on to say, so that you may clothe yourselves and the shame of your nakedness may not be seen and salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. They were also known for their advancement in medicine and they had two, two anointments that they were known for. One was for the ear and another one was an eye salve that they would put on their eyes. They were known for that. In fact, it was mixed with a Phrygian powder and some sort of uh, oil and it was the eye salve. So if you were blind or you were losing your sight, you would go to Laodicea and they would give you this eye set. And Jesus hits them between the eyes and says, look, you are blind. That eye salve cannot cure you. Do you want to see the things of God? Do you want to see the things that I have for you? Because there's nothing like spiritual sight. That's what we need today, friends. We need to see what God sees. Not what everybody is telling you. And the other thing, he will give you himself. He says, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him and he with me. You know, we don't understand this because we drive through McDonald's. You know, we know what fast food is, but we've lost the art of fine dining with one another, unless you're dating somebody, right? Some guy says, you know what, I'm... That girl, she looks good. <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to take her to a restaurant. You take her to a fine restaurant, candlelight dinner. You get a booth in the corner, whatever, and there's fine dining. Tell me what that dinner's like. That's what 
Jesus is talking about. Dining was the most intimate form of fellowship then, and that's why the Pharisees couldn't stand him. They would say, look, Jesus has gone to eat with the tax collectors and sinners. So the religious leaders were hammering him. Why? Because he was building relationship with them. Jesus will give you himself. Himself. Jesus will give you rulership with him in verse 21. The one who conquers, I will grant to him with me on my throne as also I conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. And that's seen in several passages in the book of Revelation. But I'm closing with this. Verse 22, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. I'm going to tell you right now, the only way that Christ Community Church can ever be what it is supposed to be is if it's a Spirit-filled church that you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit and walking in the joy of the kingdom of God and enjoying the blessings that he gives, not what the American dream tells you is the blessings. So I'm going to read these scriptures. I'm not going to expound on them. Listen, open up your ears. Listen to what the Spirit says. Matthew 3.11, John the Baptist says, I baptize you with water for repentance, but one is who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Luke 24, 49, And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Acts chapter 1, verse 4, Jesus says, And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me. Acts 1, 8, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Acts chapter 2, verses 3 to 4. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And finally, Acts 2, verse uh, 33. Being therefore exalted at the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, He has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing. In hearing, there was another promise in Scripture, the Holy Spirit. And people, he's not talked about much anymore, but you cannot live your life aside from the power of the Holy Spirit. And if you're doing stuff to quench the Holy Spirit in your life, then that's bad. The church in Laodicea, That is the least spirit-filled church that you would ever want to see in your life. Something that is self-sufficient, self-satisfied, self-made to where God has no room in them. And we live in a country that is so prosperous and it's just thrown the gospel out the window. There's no call to come and die with Jesus anymore. And that's what the significance of baptism is.
It's dying with Jesus. Look at the promises he gives you. True riches. He gives you himself. We have so much to look forward with God, but we can't two-step with him. It's one step with him. And it's living in absolute communion with Jesus. Something he desired in the church in Laodicea, but they didn't want it. He stood at the door and knocked. He doesn't kick the door in. He doesn't kick the door in. Thanks for joining us today for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church in Imperial Valley. The church office is open Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at 590 West Orange Avenue in El Centro. Or call 760-337-9400 for information or for prayer. Christ Community Church has three campuses in El Centro, Raleigh, and Calexico, plus a congregation in Spanish. As we navigate the end of the COVID-19 quarantine season and transition to in-person regathering, we encourage you to find up-to-date information about events and each campus's worship service schedule. When you follow us on social media, on our website at www.cccib.org or simply download the cccib app you'll find the direct link to the app at www.cccib.org forward slash get the app or when you text cccib app to 77977